All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast. I won't use my usual intro because right now it's not the best place to follow the world of professional volleyball because the 9x9 and their host, Ooh. Everett DeLorme, Volleyball Source 2.0, 9x9 host has been great, great resources while well, I've been kind of taking a little break here, but I'm back and joined by Everett today. How are you, Everett? Doing good, dude. Thanks for having me. You came on... Uh, uh, what, you came on the Volleyball Source podcast last week to talk about some Champions League, so now repaying the favor and doing your show this week to talk about some hot takes, some bold predictions. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Good, good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you too. And yeah, the title of the episode, 10 Bold Predictions. So uh, I have Everett come up with five bold predictions for the rest of the season. I came out with five predictions as well, and we're just going to go into them. I don't know yours. You don't know mine. We're just going to... Sit here, react, see how uh, controversial they are. I know, ever you probably put a few spicy takes in there. Oh, one, you know, one or two. I, I want to keep you guys on your toes. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to start? No, let's. You, you start. You you kick us off here. Okay, I'll start. I'll start with a good one. I, I, I like this one. This is probably my my most researched one. Probably my spiciest one. Okay. And it's uh, Modena winning the Superliga. All right. This year. I, I won't lie. I also thought about this one. Okay. I, I also thought about, thought about, about thro- throwing this one out there. Um, but I actually went an, an opposite direction eventually. But we, we can talk about this so far. To be honest, I don't hate it. Yeah. You know, okay. I, okay. I, I like it. I think that they've had an up and down season. It started terribly, then went on that big win streak. January was brutal to them, getting knocked out of the CEV Cup. Getting knocked out of the Italian Cup. Um, most recently, they just they just lost to Perugia, and that was Engapeth's first loss to Perugia in 17 matches, and first first loss ever to them. So they're they're looking, you yeah, know, that crazy winter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just not looking to be the team that everyone expected them to be. Not to mention, if you look at the depth of both Perugia and Lube, I don't know if Modena has it, but at the same time. If you look at that roster, and if you think about that team playing at a full clip, playing under the pressure of a playoffs in Modena, not having to any extracurriculars to worry about, like you don't have CEV Cup to worry about, you don't have Champions League, nothing like that. Um, Namir's already gone for next year. He's probably going to go into play for ZSP. It looks like. Um, so yeah, like you, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. They have the talent to do it, but I just don't know if it's going to come together in time. Yeah, so I'll give my my the reason the main reason why I chose this is because like you said, slow start to the season, tons of, of new pieces, especially new setter Bruno who doesn't play like uh, the same tempo, the same style as a lot of the other top setters. Um, yeah, yeah, you have Namir coming in who's gonna take a lot of set loads, a lot of mouths to feed here. But I'll give you a few numbers here because they've really turned it around since uh, the start of 2022, uh, especially Irvin Angabet attacking efficiency going from 27 percent in the season before 2022 and to 44% after. So all these numbers are uh, via volley metrics. Uh, team passing goes from a 1.84 to a 2.07. And okay. team block percentage, team block touch percentage, 44 to 49. So across the board, the numbers are up. The serving is, is the only one that's about the same, but they're already a strong serving team already, obviously with Engapet and Amir. Maybe not quite as good as we hoped, but but still for me, like Engapet especially is the X factor that he's, taking it more seriously. I think there was a bit of a hangover from the Olympics and then the European Championships for him. And he just, you know, and Angapet is like, he takes the first part of the season off anyway. So now that he's locked in, dialed in, I think they're going to be a much, much better team come the uh, playoff time. I, I I can see that too, because Namir's serving specifically has improved tenfold since the start of the season. And I remember we were talking about it on the Discord for a while about how he just... He hasn't brought the fire from the baseline like he has in years past, but the, you know, especially recently, it's he's really been di- dialing it up and been. I think recently he's been serving it over a, over a set per game clip. It's it's been it's been very impressive for Namir. So, you know what I I do think that this is a bold prediction mm-hmm. based off of both Perugia and and Lube, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I. I don't know if I don't know if I see it. I, I don't know if I. When's the last time Modin has won? Let me let me check real quick. It's because it's been a little bit of a joke for them. For like, I mean, a lot of people when they think of like a volleyball club, it's it's probably Zenit Kazan or Modena as the two clubs that you know a more casual fan would be aware of just because of the history they've been you know dominant. And they've been a strong volleyball club for like fifty years. It was cool. I went to the arena this this uh, last fall and kind of walking down the hallways and they have 
the pictures up of all these great teams from the 90s. Very, very cool experience. So last time, the more than a one was 2016. They beat Perugia in the finals. Okay. So not too bad. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. But still. Um, and the year before, uh, they were in, they lost in the finals to, to Trentino. Right. So yeah, it does seem like... It's a bit of a joke considering their history. If you go, if you look at, they won in 2015-16. I guess before that in the late 2000s, they were... Yeah, in the two thousands they yeah, weren't yeah. so good. In the nineties and the eighties, it looks like the eighties especially, especially, they had four four scudettos in a row in in, in the eighties. But yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Modena is, is one of the storied, you know, it's like the Zenit Kazans, the Scrub Beltatovs, the Modenas of 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 volleyball that are some of the most storied clubs we have. Great branding too. I, lo- I love the colors. Yeah, I like the I, logo. I will have to say this year's jerseys. I'm not a huge fan of. I'm not. I'm not. I, not, I have one sitting there. Yeah, I'll yeah, <laughs> like show you, it to you, you after. You told me last week, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, not my not my favorite. I did really enjoy their cha- their Champions League jerseys, or sorry, their their CEV Cup jerseys. Like they're they're yeah, yeah, just okay. the blues. Those yeah, are really right. nice, but the yellow with the blue slashing across it, not not a fan. All right, let's go. You're up. Um, my first one is that. Um, well, it's kind of a two-parter, let's say. Okay, sure. First and foremost, and this one isn't that bold of a prediction, but it's it's kind of a setup. But Perugia is going to win the Scudetto and the Champions League. That's that's okay, yeah. that's my prediction. But the boldness of it is that uh, these wins this year are going to launch a Zenit Kazan esque dynasty for Perugia. That's that's my bold take. And uh, I mean, I've I've got a few reasons. First of all, Leon signed there for long term. Right. right, we we know he he wants to be there. Uh, he's in the prime of of his career right now. He's only got a few years left. Gianelli, right? You've got the young best setter in Italy. Best case scenario for, for, to have that team right now. They're looking to lock down Matt Anderson now, long term as well. You've got great role players like Camille Richlicky around him. I, and at that point, once you have Anderson, Gianelli, and Leon, you just need to find someone to. You don't need a dominant right side, right? And you don't need maybe the biggest guys down the middle. So that's why I think that this year Perugia. <laughs> I mean, is gonna, they have one of the best middles in volleyball. They Sebastian do. Soleil as well. They, they do exactly. They, they've yeah. they've got Sebastian Soleil. He's been there for a long time, and I'm, I'm sure they're going to look at like, look at keeping him. They're rocking the biggest payroll in Italian volleyball right now. So yeah, I think that this year is going to launch a dynasty a dynasty that of the likes of the Zenit Kazan for Perugia. I don't know though. I mean, I I love this Perugia team. It's probably the best iteration of Perugia we've seen so far with Simone Gianelli coming in. But you know, they they had like the Zaitsev Decheco team as well. That was like pretty nuts as well. Yeah, it was pretty nuts, but it wasn't like you know, like I feel like we've just been saying this about about Perugia for for a while. Like every year, like wow, on paper this team is is really great. Yeah, and but they I'm... have they're really good in the regular season then. You know, come come March, April, they just fizzle out a bit. Yeah, but uh, on paper, they are way better than last season. Look at who they went and I picked mean, up. Ellie was a huge upgrade. Like, we talked about this a lot in the summer. It's and like, like the, the 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 reality is, is that the other the other attackers that they had this on the team last year, minus you know Vernon Evans and uh, um, what's the Italian or the uh, Polish guy with uh, the, Machi Muzai. Yeah, Machi Muzai. You know, like they still have Tice to to horse. They still have Plutnitsky. Um, you know they still they still got their guys there. They have um, Sebastian Soleil. You have the team and you have the depth, right? If Anderson is is injured, right? Then that's another thing is that both of those guys are going to be able to take time off too because Plotnitsky gets in there and plays. Like when they play the lesser teams, Plotnitsky is getting minutes, right? And he's he is. I still think Plotnitsky's world class. So you have the depth. You have some of the best players in the world. You have a top five setter in the world. And yep. you have a club that is willing to bankroll it. And you have a club that's willing to, to, to spend some money on it. So that's why I think we're going to see some dominance right now. Yeah, but is Matt Anderson, is he going to be good in, in four years? You know, if they want to continue running, he's pretty old. He almost retired already. Um, is Wilfredo Leon? I mean, I love Wilfredo, my favorite player. But he's probably already had his best seasons of volleyball already. You think I, so? I mean, you know, there's always an argument, you know, maybe his numbers aren't as impressive, but he's, you know, he's more technically skilled, he's a better passer. But I don't know, his first season in Perugia in the last couple seasons, Zenica's on, I think that was his peak. I mean, that first that first season in Perugia, he was like 
pretty much broke every record in terms of like attacking efficiency and scoring and serving like in the but, Super League. But they don't need him to do that now. Right, they have scoring everywhere, and I think to be honest, right now, I think the, almost the most important important piece for them as a secondary piece is Camille Richlicky, because Richlicky is honestly, I, I love watching him play. He's not flashy. He doesn't try to do anything special. He just does the job. He does it without any ego. He does it without any, um, you know, any confrontation. He knows who the stars on his teams were. The same thing when he played for Lube before last year and the years previous. But when you give him the volume, he's gonna put it away. So I think that with with that team, with how they're built together, all, all the pieces together, uh, yeah, I could just see them going on a serious run. The only thing they need to do is get better jerseys. Those <laughs> blue and green fire jerseys oh, this year are brutal, are terrible. My girlfriend will ask me sometimes, like there's been times where we're watching Perugia and they'll have those jerseys on. She'd be like, can we not watch this game? Because those jerseys are just, are just so bad, it it and it's 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 jarring. It it is jarring. It is. I think that's a main issue with the whole Super Lega, though. We should do like I think Rob did a uh, Rob St. Clair uh, did a like jersey power rankings one time. And, yeah, like, they're pretty entertaining for volleyball because yeah, it's brutal. I, I can see Perugia. They they definitely have the talent to go far, and they like, they have the roster construction, but. I don't know. I think it's going to be tough to replicate that Zenit Kazan run. Also, given how hard it is to just, you know, I think the competition's a little better now. Like, the top teams are really loaded up, especially Zenit Kazan was winning in Russia when it wasn't quite as competitive, especially domestically. Perugia has to go up against Modena, has to go up against Lube. And, like, going up against, like, a Piacenza or a Monza, that's like a break for them, right? Yeah. Like, that's, that's but, tough. But let's let's be honest, right? Like, it's already looking like Lube's... Lube's uh, budget is going down next year, right? That's why it's looking like um, uh, Simone's going to Piacenza, um, Modena. How much are they going to be affected from the past few years of not having fans in the stands, right? And I know we've, we've Cersei has already talked about it before about how that team more or sorry, not Cersei. That's that's Lube. Uh, Padrini. Padrini has already talked about how their team more so than anyone relies on. A large fan, a large home fan base that comes. It's to a almost lot of like games. the Green Bay Packers of like a volleyball. A, a, absolutely right, minus the co-op ownership. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like what are both of those teams going to be t- bringing to the table? And I love Trentino, the makeup of Trentino's team, and they look really good. And Micheletto is clearly one of the be- next best things, but I, I just don't see it. I think that right now it's, especially with how the economy is and you know how that directly affects volleyball might be even more so than anyone because we're a trickle down sport so if there's nothing left to trickle down there's nothing there so yeah i i, I could see perugia really really taking t- taking a run at the next few years yeah and i mean it feels like we haven't really felt the impact economically i mean we don't know player contracts because those aren't generally released publicly so it's yeah. hard to get a your finger on the pulse but just given the like most clubs are financially like stable still or at yeah. least up until now so i don't yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing i'm a, it's great that barely any clubs folded but uh but maybe we haven't seen the uh the worst yet all yeah. right that kind of brings me into my next point so i think we mentioned lube you guys have talked about this on the nine by nine as well but i haven't i have my own take on the wantarina situation okay so wantarina comes back mm-hmm. plays well for a bit gets the starting nod over yant and then plays poorly and causes lube to lose in the playoffs causes them to lose straight up yeah he's like he's like hitting like seven for 22 you know he's making like two passing errors per set you know he's not quite getting the aces where he needs to serve like loses 5k kilometers an hour you know he's just just the little things on the margin and you know he has a couple of those games and i don't know i think he has too much stature in lube i think he's, he's basically gonna get to call his own shot when he comes back and I like Monterrey, but you know he's been one of the most dominant play- volleyball players ever. He's been a star for the last fifteen years. If there's anything we see in sports, is that you know stars generally don't know when it's their time, right? And coming back from a major injury, he's been gone for a while. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think he's a fantastic player, one of the greatest volleyball players of all time. But I think there's like this kind of awkward situation in Lube where. He's going to play even when he's not necessarily the best choice, and that's going to hurt them when you're playing the elite teams of the Italian League playoffs. Okay. Wow. I don't disagree with this one either. 
because I think Rob and I have had that conversation on the nine by nine how Yant has been having a good season, right? Yant, like Yant's, Yant's been doing a good job for them, and we already know that Wantahana is done at the end of the season. So, do they set it up for him where like he's he's coming off the bench? But I, I agree with you. He's a superstar player. He's one of the best ever. The you know he's he's so well respected in the league and especially within the club that. Yeah, I think that as soon as he's back, they they put him in, and maybe maybe it's kind of like a Kubiak situation this summer with Poland, uh, yeah, where yeah, you know, yeah. like he's so respected and he's so it, the view is that he's so needed within the club, but reality, you've got younger guys kind of waiting in the wings who are able to to step up and and to step into step into play. Well, and the thing is, it shouldn't be this, but at, a lot of the times, this is like a political decision more than anything. So we'll see if uh, Blangini. If he has the the political will, or if he has the personal will to do this, or even if we we don't know if it's the right decision, but this I can see this situation percolating and, and bubbling up a little bit. All right, fair, fair, fair enough. I do think that like I think it's hard. I, I won't lie. I think it's hard to go away from Yant right now if you're Lube, right? because he's been having a good season. He he's been running for it. We know that it looks like Lu or uh, is aiming for March fifth. To come back against Modena, so I'm guessing that that's next weekend, right? Yeah. Um, Super, yeah, cup. yeah. In the uh, no, not in the cup. Modena's already out. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's gonna. It's just it would just be league play. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he's aiming for March fifth, but does he get the start on March fifth? I mean, he did in that those few clips that we've seen. He does look pretty good, but uh, hmm. L- L- or uh, Wantahena being the uh, the not the, that he's the, bad, but yeah, compared to Yant, maybe it's not. It's not there anymore. We'll see. Fair enough. Okay. Um, my next one is a is a Champions League one. Okay. Um, and I think that Berlin is going to beat Trentino in the quarterfinals. Oh. Was this the prediction you made last week? No. Okay. So what's changed between now and then? I. I'm watching some some good Berlin games on Twitch. I just think, and we did talk about this a little bit. Um, I just think that Berlin has a roster that has the ability to pop off at any point. And that sometimes I think maybe Trentino gets into a bit of a lull. They lack, um, they lack like, like I think Matej Kaczynski's like leadership isn't enough for them. Okay. So I think that- Because it's such a young team? Such a young team. I don't know if he's ever been, in my eyes, he's never been an emphatic, like emotional leader, right? And he's always he's always been like hands down one of the most skilled players we've ever we've ever seen, um, one of the best Italian league players we've ever seen. But he was always like on teams with with other good leaders, and I think that yeah, I, I just I just I have a gut feeling about it. But, and I've, but I've is, talk- is- is he the leader of the team? Because I, I spent a lot of time with like the Italian team, yeah. which is a lot of, with Lavia and, and Micheletto. And I think, honestly, I th- I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I think the leader or one of the leaders of the locker room is probably Riccardo Spertoli. Just spending a lot of time with him. He kind of has that like natural, I mean, being a setter too helps with that natural like confidence. He you know, is really good at bringing the guys together. He's you know laughing and joking with guys, but definitely like seems very mature for a guy who's He's only what twenty three, oh. so maybe maybe Mateo Kaziski is like, but he seems like more of like a quiet veteran, like exactly. hanging out in the background. I think Spritoli is the guy who's like, but and hyping the guys up in the locker room. And that's kind of where I think it's it's coming from is the fact that as much as I love Spritoli and I think he's he's the second best Italian setter, um, he just hasn't really been in these situations, right? He's not part of that that junior team that won World Champs this summer for 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 Italy, right? Let's yeah. be honest. He was on the bench for world champ or European champs behind Gianelli. He's coming from a Milano program last year, where yeah, sure they won like the CEV Challenge Cup, but that's all they were. That's all they they able to do. He was I, starting for them for three years since he was like eighteen, though. Yeah, I, I I get that, but I think that this is, I think that you know, in every like in every superhero story, you need like a loss or something to that really gets you going. Yeah. And I could see this Trentino team suffering a bad loss in the quarterfinals of of the uh, of the um, Champions League finals, mostly because I think that they have they might have the tendency to overlook this match, right? Hey guys, last year we went to the we went to the uh, finals, and like look at how much 
but different our season has has been this year. Look at look at what we've been able to do. Look at this team that we have around us. You know, we're we're going to go to the semis. We're going to have to we're going to go play play Perugia in the semis. And you know they're not taking into account that you've got Papa Grankin on the other side. Sorry, Grandpa Grankin on the other Grandpa, side. Yeah, he's... who's playing some of arguably some of the best ball of his life um, against a Berlin team that no matter what you say about Ben Patch, Ben Patch can be all world at times. Ben Patch can have matches where he is absolutely untouchable. And I think Ruben Schott is the same thing. And they've got some good good players down the middle. See, and Sorry, just for Patch. My issue has never been Patch's offense because I think it's super underrated. It's just literally every other part of his game. <laughs> the blocking, the serving, the back back floor defense. So the, the attacking is not an issue for him, for me. Yeah, I and I, I agree, but hey. If you get like an all-time patch game, yeah, right, where he just he just goes off and scores like twenty-eight, it it, it might be it might be hard to uh, to to measure. And I think yeah, I think Trentino is is starting to feel it. I think a lot of these young players like it's it's been a lot of matches this year. Yeah. If, well, plus they, they they all play in the European Championships. So that's that's a that's a grind the, of a tournament. Absolutely, kind but of like, underrated uh, grind. Yeah. And like if you look at the past year and a half, has been nuts. If you add COVID onto everything, we had a crazy VNL. We had the Olympics. We had European Championships. Go right into the club season. You're playing Champions League. You're playing Italian Cup. You're playing like it's been a lot. And I think that as impressive this young Trentino team has been, that there's still some learning points. And I think yeah, I, I think they're going to lose in the in the quarterfinals. That's that's my. So that's what's their what's their likely matchup right now? In uh, for Trentino, no, sorry, this is Champions League. Oh, Champions League, yeah, yeah. 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 How do you think I mean, they're going to do in in Super League? I think in Super League, there's a very definitive line, right? You've got the top four; they're definitely the fourth place team there. But when you go down one step from Trentino to Milano, to me, there's a big drop off. Yeah, there seems to be, the and same. it's weird because at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have thought that. And I mean, I will give granted to Milano. They have been playing a lot better right now. And I think like, you know, from 5th to 12th to right now, there's like 13 points separating in the, in, yeah. the, in the Super League. It's absolutely insanity, right? Um, but yeah, like, I, I, like Trentino is probably going to be finishing in that, in that fourth place spot behind Modena. And they'll have to take on Milano and... I see them. I see them taking on taking on a lot. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. So I'm gonna stay within the CV realm, but not Champions League. I'm gonna talk about CV Cup. Oh, okay. I already feel like I know where you're going with this. <laughs> really? Do you want to, do you want to guess? Uh, Zenit Zen won't loot. Won't win. Yeah, because I think Scra Belchatov is gonna win. Scra. Okay. Scra. I mean, they're an awesome franchise. They're really good in CV competitions. Usually, the last not the last couple of years, but usually the best. Polish team within CV into European competition. And I think they can win the CV Cup. They already beat Tour, who beat Modena 3-2, take care of business on the second game. But I think it, because of one man who you guys have talked about quite a bit on the 9x9, I believe, Matej Biniak, is having like one of the best middle seasons like we've ever seen. Like It's unbelievable what he's doing um, from the middle position, completely controlling the game, one of the leading scorers, one of the leading blockers. I think, yeah, the leading ace-getter above TJ DeFalco we were talking about earlier before the podcast um, in the Polish Plus Liga and just, you know, going up against Volvich and Volkov who are not bad middles. But I think Biniak, you know, if there's one maybe weakness to his game, it's his like foot speed, I would say. Mm-hmm. And he's faster than those two. So his usually his biggest weakness going against like, this, like the middles of the Plus Liga is not going to be as much of a weakness in that game. So I think, and Biniak's serving Against uh, against those Zenica's on receivers, Bartosz Bednoj, you know, it's not the best receiver in the world. Dmitry Volkov, also not the best receiver in the world. We'll see what Michael Christensen has been working magic with him this year and hasn't been much of an issue. And also, my other guy, Alexander Tanasevich, has had a couple couple nice games recently. And you know, he's kind of like, well, obviously, earlier on his career is way better, but right now he's a bit of like that Ben Patch scenario where, you know, like occasionally you get a a vintage Alexander Tanasevich game. It looks really good, kind of like Marriage Vlajli the last couple of years Ooh, as well. Okay. Similar to that, you know, maybe over his prime. I've kind of given up on Atenasevich becoming a, becoming his old self. 
But uh, yeah, that's my that's my argument for Scraw. You know what? I'm like 50% with this. Okay. Maybe 60%. Um, no, actually like maybe closer to 40, I, I would say. Because Zenekazan, like, you're still talking about a team that, it like, let's be honest, if this Zenekazan team was in the Champions League, I think the Champions League would be looking a lot different right now. And they would be in that that top four, and I think they would have a legitimate shot at winning. That's, okay, wow. That's, that's what I think about Zenekazan. But... When I'm looking at this Scraw roster, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of depth and a lot of um, uh, experience with with Edapor and Dikoy uh, on the outside, and as you said, Antanasievich, low match setting. Can you imagine this team with Taylor Sander? Oh, don't even <laughs> tease us like that now. Scraw fans around the world are gonna hate you for that. <laughs> Um, because yeah, like if, if this team had Taylor Sander, like if this team had Abadapur, then you would think they would be Seneca's on. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and also is the CEV cup finals, is that a home and home or is that a one match scenario? Home and home. It's a, it's, two, two it's, match, it's yeah. still okay. Cause I was going to say, if it's a one match scenario, like we have in the champions league, that might be a different, like, like then absolutely like Scraw mm-hmm. could take it. Yeah, but ignoring any political uh, situations going yeah. on right now, we're not going to address that we're, we're not on gonna, this podcast. We're not going to we're not going to jump into that. Um, too many too many unknowns. Too many implications. There. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. Do you think the serving of Zeneca's on too much? Because you know that's, they can't set Matej Benik if they're not in the system. That's one of my big things too. Um, the serving because like who's passing the ball for this team? You know. I don't know either of these. Like, I I don't know their their liberos here on uh, on Scraw. Abadapur is an all right passer in in serve receive. Dick Coy, a little less. I'm not too sure how let's good. Let's see. Rob... I have the numbers pulled up right here. Okay. Let's go. Look. Let's, let's see. Uh, you like you like the three the three grade scale, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Robert Tott is their best passer. Okay. Or sorry. Let me actually, no, never mind. Scratch that. Scratch <laughs> I was, that. I was okay. looking at attack percentage. Okay. So, Ibadapur is their best passer with a 1.99 out of three. Then okay. you have Kakber Paihatsi, the most ripped on libero of all time. Not not uncalled for, but there you go. Second best receiver on the team. And Dikoy. Dikoy is... Uh, is third, but Paihatsi is the most targeted receiver. Okay, well, that's an issue in itself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you don't want your libero with the most passing attempts on your team. Especially generally. when you're going up against a team like Zenit Kazan. And on top of that, let's be honest, their best passers passing under a, a, a two. Mm, yeah. Like, I'm I'm, I'm worried for, for Scraw. I'm, yeah, so I'm, I'm worried for Scraw. Let's compare that to, uh, you know, just so you guys have a reference, because not everyone uses three-point scale. Uh, on Trentino, Lavi is a 2.09. Nicolette is a 2.02. And Julian Zanger is a 2.0. Where are you getting these stats from? Volumetrics. Do you have an account? Did you you pay for uh, it? Secret. Oh, okay. Dang. <laughs> well, you'll have to tell me off, off air about this stuff yeah. because, yeah, I need to. I definitely need that. Like, that's 100% what I need. Why aren't these stats public in the first place? That's that's another, oh, uh, I know. That's another uh, conversation altogether. Mm-hmm. See... I think, can I piggyback one of mine? Can I do like a, a 0.5 like hot take? Sure. And piggybacking on this one, or I, I want to go against it. Um, but they're taking, Tools is, er, Scraw is taking on Tools, right? Yep. I think Tools is going to beat Scraw. Okay, why? I just think like Tools is is a, is a team of destiny this year where you've got it, like you've got a pretty good roster over there with, with Kevin yeah, Tilly. still playing at home too. It's Kevin Tilly and, and Co. Yeah, um, like they're 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 going to be playing at home. Like I don't know. I, I like a lot of, a lot of things about this Tools team, and um, I think that they can take down Scraw. But I like Kevin Tilly, and he's been really good actually since about the start of last summer. Like he's been way better than than last year. Yeah, like yeah. VNL VNL Kevin Tilly was a was a beast. Yeah. <laughs> was, but then we also got Olympic Kevin Tilly, who was decidedly not a beast. And we had um, Cisterna Kevin Tilly, who was 
arguably one of the worst players to ever play yeah. in Super Lega. Like look at like look at this team. You've got Kevin Tilly. You've got Luke Perry. Luke Perry is under super underrated guy. Super underrated. It's crazy that like they were basically just able to pick him off off of waivers like last season, right? Like yeah. he's just chilling in Australia. <laughs> Now he's like one of the best liberos playing uh, in CV competition, right? Yeah, you've got Luciano Polanski, who was a good, like uh, yeah, another good like Ar- Argentinian talent there. Like, I, like on the right side, you've got uh, um, Geraldo, like a, a Brazilian guy. Like, I don't know, I, I like this tools team. Um, Nascimento, the uh, the middle is pretty sick too. Yeah, I feel like Tours is like always like a money ball team. If that makes sense. Like they never really sign big players. If you look at their rosters, and and especially when the first couple of years I was covering volleyball, I always made this mistake of like, oh, like this, this team's like middle of the pack French team, and then they get there and they like win the French league every single year with guys who like don't even play on the national teams. I, I don't know. They, they they feel like they always they just find players who fit their system, work well with each other. They like holding on to players for a f- few years, so they so they get to know each other. They pick up a lot of good players from countries that aren't good at volleyball if that makes sense yeah absolutely and, like they got moroccan guys on on this you know, they team herman's egliscons for a while yeah winnabana i mean is the poster boy of that i i think very much like tools is is very much like a trentino of the french league where they do very very good in terms of like the development and how how they run their club you know they might not as they, they might not have the the biggest budgets and the best signings and all of that i wish i had the uh I know. Yeah, because it really seems like they don't have the biggest budget in France. No, they they, sure. they don't, and I I can't remember where it is. Um, maybe I'll go through the French uh, channel on our Discord here for a little bit. But I know that out there there's there's the uh, the budgets, like the team budgets for for staff and stuff like that, uh, right. like for total for for the French teams, and they're not up there amongst the highest. They're kind of more middle of the pack. Yeah, interesting. Is it France? Maybe that's all the teams kind of have to have to have the same budget, or, or am I making that up? Um, I do believe that there is a. I do believe there's a, a salary cap. Okay. In France, yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, tours definitely a good story this season. Um, let's see. Champions League. They won 2005. CV Cup. They actually won recently 20, 2017. Um, Who they beat in the finals? Do you remember? Trentino. There you go. Prophetic there, Everett. Um, look at that, eh? Look at that. Okay. The Trentino of France being the Trentino of Trentino. <laughs> All right. I'm looking at. Actually, I take that back. They have the highest second salary this year in uh, the LNV. Okay. Who's the highest? Montpellier. Good. Paying my boy uh, Danny. Danny Jimenez. <laughs> hope he's making. Hope he's making some good money over there. I I think so. Too. I th- he must be at this point. He seems happy there, so he's established. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's, he's gotten been, offers from. He's been there for a few years. I think. I think that. Le- I think the French league suits him well because yeah. he he plays well with that the speed and the skill. Like he's very powerful. Like he's a bit undersized. Yeah, I think the size thing is, yeah. is good for him there. Yeah, exactly. Like Germany, Germany, and uh, and France are, are are good spots for him. Yeah. All right. There's our uh, random Canadian player tangent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for yeah, the day. Exactly. All right, you know this wasn't actually one of my predictions, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it in anyway. Okay. Because I kind of want to talk about it because we were just talking about it before we got on air. Uh, so here's a bold prediction: TJ DeFalco, MVP of the Plus Liga. I'm for it. You're for, for it? it? Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is coming from a guy who specifically did not like DeFalco at first. Yeah. Well, we've always had. Yeah, we we've always the Lepke versus DeFalco. We've always had that pendulum exactly of, uh, that we've always had that conversation. And I'll be honest, the first time I ever saw DeFalco play for real, he was uh, playing for Long Beach against McMaster, and I was doing the commentary. And I mean, I get it. It was October. It was like the first of anything that you know Long Beach been doing. McMaster had already been starting, had already started their season. There's there's a whole bunch there, and he just came in, looked lackadaisical, didn't look like he he cared, whatever. Um. But then I got to see him with the, the U.S. national team in Winnipeg in 2019 and was impressed there and was really impressed with what he was able to do with Vivo last year. I know he wasn't as great with the American national team last summer, but this year he's just been going off. And uh, talking to Adonis too in the Discord, it sounds like, you know, I mean, he's a huge Zaxa fan, but according to him, 
you know, TJ DeFalco has really been having having one of the best years. So yeah, I, I'm 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 definitely with this with this bold prediction. Yeah, I mean, he's hitting forty percent efficiency on the year, serving fourteen ace percentage. So that's you know quite nice with not too many errors as well. And yeah, he's just having an overall very good season. I mean, I, we just made this prediction, but where they give it to? When's the last time they've given it to a non-Polish player? Because I know a lot of leagues have this issue where. Maybe oh, not in Italy as much, or maybe not. In, I feel like they always, you know, they're good. If it's close, they're always going to give it to a a, a domestic guy. Um, I feel like, yeah, Polish Polish MVPs. I'm not really. Also, where's Olshin on the table? Uh, they're up there. They're, they're yeah. up there. See, that's the thing. Tw- like, would you have expected this Olshin team? It kind of seemed like more of a developmental team to start no. the year. You wouldn't have expected them to do this well, especially. Um, like losing a couple players that they thought they were going to have early on. Cause, uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Especially I, if they, if they do well to close out the season here. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think having, um, cause they have Carol Butrin as well, right? Yeah. It's Butrin DeFalco and you've got Taylor Avril down the middle who I love. Oh, you know, I, I think one of the big mistakes that John Spira made with the American national team was keeping him off of that roster. Um, I think one of the big mistakes, maybe not mistake, because obviously he went to go look for for more money, but um, you know, Cannes, Con losing him was was massive. I mean, he was the MVP of the French league last year. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think that uh, I'm 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 very much here for this. I'm trying to look up last time. I I do have a list here, and I know it only goes to 2015, but in 2015, Ben Tonyuti won the MVP of the Polish league. 2015, 2016. Okay. Uh, also, one more thing about Olsen before we go into the next one. I, you know, I used to not like this, but I've really come around the last couple of years on the second outside hitter as basically essentially your a libero, like a defensive pure passing specialist. Because I think Robert Andringa, who plays libero for the for the Dutch national team, mm-hmm. is a good example of that. Who I'm, I'm reading the stats where he has about half as many attacking attempts. Yeah, as the Falco. It's crazy. Two forty two to four sixty four, and then five hundred seven for Butrin. And he's not hitting that great, only hitting thirty-eight percent, twenty-three percent efficiency. So, but if you're out there passing the ball and you're able yeah. to release your middles and you're able to release exactly. your back row, your back row offense, like why not? You know, that's it's part of the. To be honest, like this might be a tangent altogether, but this is part of the reason why I love the American women's volleyball rules, where, where there's more subs allowed, so you're able to get those back row defenders in. Yeah, because it just allows for more offense and, and more, exactly. more 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 offense, more defense, longer rallies. There's a lot more. There's a lot more to it. And also, it really reduces your options as servers, especially you know a lot of jump servers can target can target you know as two players, right? Yeah. A lot of jump servers, especially guys hit, hitting the ball really hard, can't target can't target a spot. You know, you're going you're going to swing at the eighty one. They'll say they can. Meters. They say yeah, they can. Absolutely. <laughs> like you're going, maybe you're going thumb up, thumb down yeah. type thing. But really, you're just looking for hand contact and to bat. Exactly. You know, hit it as, as hard as. I don't yeah. know. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. So they have two liberos passing. Like it makes it really tough, and I think that's one of the main reasons why Defalco is hitting forty percent efficiency. Really efficiency. Nice He's efficiency. hitting forty percent efficiency. That's gnarly. Yeah. That's that's high. Yeah. Do you? I think, like one of mine that I was gonna throw out there, and we can kind of throw this out, like just to piggyback on it, is um, I think DeFalco might be the next, like he's the next P one of the American national team. Well, I mean, Aaron Russell, you guys talked a bit in the nine by nine, especially if you hear Rob getting heated, getting a, you know, maybe not getting the. He's had it. He's got. I mean, ever since he had that injury a few years ago, he hasn't really found a comfortable place. No, comfortable play. Uh, I mean. Taylor Sanders playing on the beach, although part of me thinks that was just to get out of Poland for one year and he's going to be back to indoor. Part of me thinks that. We'll yeah, <laughs> I mean, the the rumors, especially with some of the rumors rolling around about why he left Poland um, uh, and why he left the indoor game is are, are interesting. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that develops over the next few years. But who, but who else? I mean, I mean, Thomas Jaschke has been having a, a fantastic season. Jaschke, yeah, Jaschke. He's, he's been having a really good season at Milano. He's leading them in scoring. I mean, um, as long as we don't have to see any more Garrett Michael Tutisha. Michael I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't mind Michael Tutia, but I think I think if you look at the American outsides right now with DeFalco, Jaschke, and Aaron Russell, all three of them can find court time and all three of them can 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 get the job done. Right. But let's be honest, like I'm I'm confident in Jaschke right now. 
confident in Defalco right now. Jayski Defalco at the World Championships, you think? But like yeah, Aaron probably. Russell, when's when's like he? We're gonna see a lot of Aaron Russell, I bet, at VNL this year. Like it's gonna be a very, yes, we're very, definitely gonna test out a lot of. Uh, you you got it right because other than that, like if if he's not good to go, where's your depth chart go after that on the outside? Yeah, who is there? Like at that point, you need to probably bring in Ben Patch to play on the right, and you need to have Matt Anderson on the left. Yeah, like I, I think I'm struggling to name like even another. Uh, I guess, uh, oh, Cody Kessel maybe. I hope he gets the call. That'd be sick. Yeah, Cody Kessel. I mean, he's he's, That's he's a big drop off though. He, I mean, he's good, but clearly he's not respected in the USA gym. I think. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so either. But I would almost think a lot. Like he's one of those players that you know. He has continuously put improved. in like ten years or five years of really hard oh, work. Oh, more than that. Like Cody Kessel is like our age. Yeah, yeah. Cody Kessel's like no, I mean, So how many years pros he, he played? Let's, let's, like look, let's, let's look this up. Um, okay, maybe not. He's, he's yeah, he's basically our age. He, his first year of pro was 2015, 2016. Then he played at Lundberg for a few years, and then he was at Berlin. Okay, so you're, you're right. Closer to five years. Okay, there you go. Like seven, but, but still. If we were pro athletes, we'd still have a couple years of prime left over it. We would. I mean, I, I still have four years of eligibility left. So oh, there you go. If anyone wants a setter who doesn't go to class, let me know. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. I think you're up for uh, take number four, I believe. Modena. Another Modena. Another Modena. Modena is losing their right side, Nimrinir Abdel- Abdelaziz, yeah. for next season. And in his place, they will pick up Yuji Nishida. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like this one. Okay, I, I just Yuji Nishida. I just think it makes sense, right? If you're okay. Pedrini, Nishida's it's it's already rumored that he's going back to Japan. Really? Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like he's it's, he's already rumored. As, I've been I've been uh, every day I'll go on Pasini's blog. And, uh, yeah, the, I mean, it's and, L15, L25, great, great yeah, resource. Exactly. Um, and I just go through it, and it's looking like he's he's getting some offers from Japan. I mean, with that would be so sad. I mean, yes, I, I love yes, yes, and no. But this that's what I think. I think Nishida in Modena makes perfect sense. Perfect sense because he Nishida is the type of player that he's he's not a Namir Abdelaziz. He's not going to take on a huge load and just. And just produce points for you. He needs to be in a, within, within a system that works for him. And that's one of the biggest issues at Vivo this year. There's just not enough separation for him. And like they, they can't run the offense in a good way. I think Bruno is one of the most legendary right side setters of all time. Right, That, that Bruno to Lucas connection has always been epic. Led yeah. to like all time. Um, and they have the guys around them to be able to open up so that Nishida would be successful. And it makes so much sense for Pedrini and them uh, business-wise because of the profile that he has, right? Like that just shoots them up, their their international stature by up by so much if they bring in Yuji Nishida. Yeah, I mean, I like Nishida. I think depending on who you ask, he's either overrated, underrated. I mean... The numbers don't lie, though. He hasn't had the best season. No. Pro- probably lower than, than my predictions, which I know were, were higher than a lot of people's, probably lower than some as well. Um, only hitting 32% efficiency on the season, not what you want out of the focal points of your offense necessarily. I, I think like his serving has been pretty good, although he's been making a lot of errors this year. And also you have, you mentioned the Yuki Ishikawa connection in Modena as well, how he played, played, uh, played there as well. Oh no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. that's why I thought you were going with it. No, no, no. Because yeah, they have a, they have a little bit of the Japanese, uh, the Japanese connection. So you have that as well. Um, I don't know if Modena like wants to. Uh, he's, it's still a bit of a risk, right? Absolutely. And if you think the pressure like in Valencia, Vivo Valencia is bad, like people are actually paying attention to Modena. Like people are actually gonna care, right? Like you have people wearing, like probably gonna wear your jersey like in the streets, walking around, that kind of thing. Um, so I think, like, mentally, I'm sure it's been a tough year for him. Uh, he's still pretty young, playing away from home. Enormous pressure from, like, the volleyball world because he's one of the few, like, kind of crossover uh, volleyball players where he actually gets some attention uh, in the mainstream media. I was actually hoping, I was watching, like, a Nintendo ad the other day for the volleyball Switch game. It's like Wii Sports. Uh, I was like, damn, Nishida should have been in this ad. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think there's so many good opposites in the market. 
like good opposites are falling out of trees and i don't know if nishida really think of that an angapeth nishida team like just just think about how much fun that would be well i don't think they'll like each other like they seem seem almost like the opposite personalities but i think that's why they would like each other right because i I don't think nishida is the guy who like wants to be the guy i think i think angapeth only likes young players if they're french Ooh, you I think, think so? Otherwise, it's a bit, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, maybe maybe there's just such a, a, a communication barrier that they just don't they don't clash heads because they they can't they can't understand each other. Right. And and granted, I think Valencia the problems are way deeper than Nishida. He's definitely not. The, no, I think I, to be perfectly honest, I think his poor season is a result of is a consequence of all of those 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 poor things. Yeah. Um, and that realistically, it's it's almost too bad because he's not be given he's not being given a fair shake at shake at things. It'd be a shame if this was his only season in the Superliga. So for that reason, at least, I'm really hoping he stays. Yeah, more than Let's go. All right, uh, <laughs> my last one's a bit of a fun one as well. Um, Ole Plotnetsky. Okay. Champions League Super Finals scores eight aces, wins Super Finals MVP. Ho ho ho! So, Ole Plotnitschke, we know, hasn't played a ton this year. But when he has played, he's, he's mostly as a serving sub. And all it takes, you know, is for him to get a couple aces here, a couple aces here. You know, maybe Matt Anderson's not having his best day. You know, he stays on for a few points. And, it, like, the Super Finals MVP is just for that match. Mm-hmm. doesn't? It? That's yeah. how Schliffka won last time instead of uh, Camille Semenyuk. If it was the whole, whole tournament, Semenyuk would have won. But Schliffka, they're just looking at this match. And they're looking at the numbers. And if they see eight aces and big moments for Oleg Plotnitschke or whatever, I think they're going to pick him. And let me, I, I had a, drawn up here earlier his exact serving numbers. Let me find Perugia. Yeah, Ole, Ole Plotnitschke. Almost 30% ace percentage when he's serving over the last, like, 10 games. Really good numbers for him. Not making that many errors. Yeah, tw- 26.7 Ace percentage, only one error. For- Twenty. He's so he's one out of every four of his serves is an ace. Yeah. Oh. So he's he's. I mean, he's he is one of the best servers in volleyball. I do. I do love a good old Plotnitschke serve. It's like him, Leon, and who'd you say, Beniak maybe right now? Taylor Sander. Taylor Sander. <laughs> really? Oh, he's yeah. a good server. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's a. Hmm. Maybe uh, Simon. Yeah, Lopez. Lopez. Man, I hope Lopez plays in the Super League. Yeah, I mean that's that's I always forget about Lopez yeah. just because he's been playing in uh in Santa Cruzero. Yeah, at least he got the uh, Club World Championships or yeah, this year. But still, like Lopez is like that's another guy that you should be having in like instead of having Yant in your top three young guys that you posted yesterday, you should have Lopez in there. How old is Lopez? I said U twenty three. Um, he's a little older, isn't he? He's like a 96 or 95, 96. Let's see. Um, he's a 97. 97? Okay. He's a 97. So you would be, what, 20, 24? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Still young. Yeah, still pretty young, but still. He's really, I, I just wish he was in a league where I could watch him like every week. Yeah, you're right. Him in, him in Italy would be unreal. But I think he's actually served, I think he signed a long-term contract in Santa Cruzero and I think he likes being in Santa Cruzero. Yeah, he's a little closer to home. A lot of, I mean, obviously a lot of Cubans love playing yeah. there. But, you know, Leal and, and Robert Landy made, made the jump to Italy after a while. Well, they, like, Robert Landy started in He Italy. started at Piacenza, yeah, Santa yeah. Cruzero, then back. Yeah, yeah. So Leal, I guess, is the better, uh, yeah. the better comparison. All right. Last one, I think. Every, our 10th and final bold prediction. Let's make it. Do you have a fun one for us? Um, my final one is that Turkey will be the next big team in men's volleyball. Turkey men. Okay. Turkey, Turkey men. Turkey men. Are, are, yeah. the, are the next thing up in men's volleyball. I think if you look at the way that country has... I think on the men's side in Turkey, there's a trickle-down effect to how popular the women's team is. Yeah. You know, um, we've seen they have a, a solid league that I think is actually quite underrated. Like, I would I would rate Turkey higher than Germany and France in, in some yeah. cases. Yeah, I would right? say 
I would say so. Yeah, like there, 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 it definitely there, has been in the past. Yeah, like, and like like the like the especially the high end of Turkey is is really high because yeah. they spend a lot of money. But if you look at some of the younger players that they have, um, especially a guy like Lukumjia for for Piacenza. Like oh, I mean, he's, he's the star Absolutely. of anything. He right? could, he's the potential to be the best player on a really, really good team. Yeah, and, you, and you've got you've got other guys like Toy Metten out there who's 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 really good. And yeah, I think that Turkey is going to be one of the the next best things of of men's volleyball. Is going to join that kind of elite group of men's volleyball. You know, we we had it, we've had it. Like, there's been kind of three new teams to like the elite group of men's volleyball in the past 10, 15 years. In the form of Canada, Iran, and Slovenia, in my opinion. Canada, Iran, sure, yeah. And um, two of those, two of those uh, scenarios have a common factor with um, with Turkey, and that will be the presence of Glenn Hogue. <laughs> so Glenn, so somehow you still managed to bring this back to Canadian volleyball. Here we go. Absolutely, uh, Glenn Hogue, Prior to being at Arcus Izmir, was with uh, with with ACH in the Slovenian league. Really helped them set everything up. Bam, Slovenia is good again. You know, he comes back to Canada after being with France. Bam, Canada is good again. Right now, he moves on to to Turkey. He's been with Arcus now for what almost a decade. Bam. Turkey's getting good, so there's there's a consistency here where Glenn Hogue is just has that magic touch and is able to set up organizations to be uh, successful in the future, and like that that's gonna have a trickle down effect. Like, guess where Lagunjia was was developed? Arcus Izmir under under Glenn Hogue, uh, okay. right? A lot of the times, Glenn Hogue is bringing in Arcus Arcus staff members to work with the men's Canadian national team. Which has the, the trickle down effect. So uh, yeah, I definitely think that um, the influence, the, the the slight influence of Glenn Hogue has had in Turkey will help them lead them to be one of the be- the, the best teams in in volleyball. Maybe not one of the best teams, like they're not maybe not up there, but a team that is dangerous, a team that you don't want to come up against, much like kind of a Canada or, or a Canada, Slovenia, or Iran. Okay, I mean you're gonna have to be giving it. A couple more name, um, a couple more names other than Lagum Zija, because I, I I have a few more names because I kind of agree with you on here, uh, so I, I can do your homework here if you want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you 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 do the. You, I mean, you've watched more European volleyball on, on that level than I have. Yeah. All I know is that whenever I've watched Turkey, I've been fully surprised. Well, I mean, one guy who like I didn't even see coming on the European Championships, Mandarici. Yes, absolutely. Mandarici. <laughs> yeah, really real good, really good, super athletic. So I was like, definitely has some skill stuff to figure out but like you said maybe uh maybe glenn hogue is the guy who gets him there um effie Bayram, you know was starting for hawk bank Ankara when he was like 16 hasn't really developed maybe might be a bit of a classic like peaked early like skill wise but never was able to develop physicality Misa, you know you're not you're not doing too bad if he's your uh your oh2 um you also have this other guy Amit tumor who i haven't heard a lot of people talk about but I, i've seen him play a couple dimes plays for Fenerbahce, one best blocker uh, in the Turkish league last year. Uh, I think he's, he's born in 2001. Go, Amit Tumor. I'm sorry if I'm not saying his name right, but guy guy jumps out of the gym. Uh, you know, still has to work on his reading, block reading a little bit, but still pretty advanced for guys like 21. Uh, playing for Fenerbahce, uh, who a lot of people haven't been watching this year because I guess they're not in Champions League. Uh, yeah, they are. Oh, sorry, they were in Champions League. Maybe you didn't play. Right. I'm cutting this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Amit, Amit Tumor really, really, I think, could be one of the middle blockers. Setter, though. Setter's like where I'm, I'm a, a bit lost. I don't, I don't know who, who's like a good I, setting prospect for Turkey. I don't know. I wish Volleybox would work for the national teams. True. Um, because they don't, like, they just have the teams there, but they don't actually show, like, who's been playing for uh, different teams. Yeah, and it's great because Volleybox is a great way to get like a, a bird's eye view of, of different tournaments. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's tough for specific. I, I, I think they do have, you can look at the rosters for individual tournaments though. You're, can you? Yeah, for national team tournaments. Okay. Tournaments. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. If Turkey can figure out that setter position, yeah, they're, they're going to be really solid. All right. Yeah, I yeah. Sorry, I was just 
looking at looking at my computer there. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I think that they have all of the pieces around them, and you've got a good infrastructure with a great league. Like they have, like like I said, like they have one of the best leagues in Europe, and it's also it's a big league. There's a lot of teams, so there's a lot of people playing volleyball. It's highly respected in in Turkey. So yeah, I, I think Turkey is really gonna. Okay, but are you saying they're gonna be like a world class team, or are you gonna say they're gonna place third at a world league and think they're a world class team oh, for the next five ouch. years and not win anything? <laughs> ouch. Um, probably the latter. Yeah, no, that's, See, that's a more reasonable. Yeah, that, the, but that, that's what I think. I think that they're gonna be in that. They're gonna they're gonna join the elite teams, like the teams that can kind of beat anyone. You know, like I wouldn't be surprised if they beat a Brazil at some point, okay. right? I wouldn't be surprised if they started being in in VNL. Do are they in VNL this year? Uh, no, they're not. They won the okay. Yeah, so this, I'm pretty sure this is what happened. They won European Golden League, yes, which qualifies you for the qualifier for VNL, but they didn't do that qualifier last year uh, okay i don't think they were i think it's going to be the same teams for vnl so what i believe they're doing from what i remember is this year's qualifier is going to have both both last year's european gold league winner which is turkey and whoever wins it this year as well ah uh, okay yeah because yeah. i do because yeah there's no there was no relegation from vnl last that's year. what i've heard i'm not sure if that's like official yeah. yet <laughs> but yeah but like so. i think that like because on the teams of the teams of the outside looking in for vnl the only good two good teams in my eyes are Cuba. Cuba. Cuba can and, beat Turkey for sure. I'll probably take Cuba over Turkey. I don't know. I think when my my podcast with with uh, Ronnie Cuban Spike, he's 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 low. He, he's not sure. Yeah. Because it's, especially because he's not sure how much mon- how much money the Cuban Federation has. You know, or who they can send. Who they can send? Mm-hmm. Like who 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 are they gonna have? Like it's it's. Well, whatever. You get a player coach in there, you know. Get, have a player slash trainer. I mean, that's, that's, that's essentially what Simone does with them, anyways, yeah. right? So, all right. Last thing before we uh, before we stop here, Italian Cup predictions. Who you got? Let me let me pull up the the draw again here. Perugia versus Piacenza, three fifteen, EST, on Saturday. Not this Saturday, one Saturday from now. Uh-huh. The 5th, if you're listening in the future. And 5.45, Saturday, March 5th, Trentino versus Milan. I think Perugia beats Piacenza. Milano beats Trentino. Uh, yeah, you're low, you're, you're low on Trentino, Everett. I think, I think in a series, Trentino beats Milano. I think in a one game off scenario, yeah, kind of Mil- Milano game. has that ability to to pop off. Okay. Right? And they've been they've been playing real well of late. They've been playing real well. Of late. I think in a series Trentino has them and that that's probably going to be what that that quarterfinal matchup is, the 4-5, but in the long term in in a one game one game matchup, I think Milano has the ability to beat them. Okay. I I'm going to I had I had this plan before you said this. The opposite predictions. I think Piacenza is going to be Perugia. Okay. Not having the best season, especially when you look at their talent, but hearing that Addis, Vagamzija, could be back for the Italian Cup, that you'd make a huge difference on that team. Perugia, I don't, I don't know if they want to win the Italian Cup. I think they've, they've traditionally you know, win the Cup and then lose later on in the season Champions League or Italian Scudetto. I think they're going to take it easy. I think they're. I think they're going to play no pressure. You know, still, still the best team probably, definitely in the Italian Cup. But I, I don't know. But I, I think that they can play with no pressure and still win it. Yeah. Right. With if you're looking here, like like Piacenza, even if they have Lagumbia back, they still have to figure out with the you know the cluster of left sides that they have, and to figure out are they putting out you know who who they're going to throw out there. Um, That's true. And who knows if Lagumbia is going to be at 100. percent He's he's going to be rusty, right? So I don't know. I just I just uh, I don't see them competing against Piacenza. When's when's that? It's it's two weeks from now, March fifth, and six is going to be the finals. They always put put on a little extra production. It's it's a nice it's a nice tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where's is that one to be in volleyball world? Should be yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if that fell within. The, yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm pretty sure it would be. It would be weird if it's not. 
Mm. They've shown everything else, but I don't know if it's explicitly been said. It's on. We'll see. I'm sure it will be. Yeah. All right. Everett, thank you for joining me today. This no is fun. Worries. Also do a podcast in person again. Yeah, absolutely. Someone... It's two weeks in a row we've done in there person we go. podcasts. Um, anything to plug before before we... Uh, um, make sure to, if you're not a, a part of it already, make sure to come join us uh, at the Volleyball Source Discord. Definitely, um, yeah. Just message. I yeah. Guess message, message one of us. We can send you an invite. Or if you can always head over to the Volleyball invite Source. Invite only. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a pretty open... In, yeah. it, there's a pretty open in, invite to it. You can head over to my website. Uh, there's a link over there. Or you can head over to uh, Volleyball Source 2.0 on YouTube. Any of my videos, the link should be uh, at the bottom of it. Um, make sure if you guys haven't already, ch- check out Dan and I's podcast last week um, from the C- or from the CEV quarterfinals, and then also make sure to check out the Nine by Nine on Tuesday nights at seven thirty PM Eastern Time. Yeah, if you have been listening to my podcast and are a fan and don't know about the Nine by Nine or listen to it, yeah, you're for sure going to be a fan of that because it's it's the same style of North Americans talking about volleyball. In a North American way. Yes. Good stuff. Which I think ultimately is the best way to talk about volleyball. Any sport. And I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I've, I've definitely grown appreciation for the European style having uh, experienced it. But there's so, I think I think the North American style, you know, it's more analytical. Absolutely. And volleyball is, is analytics. We're not afraid to, to be spicy, hot takes. I like it. Yeah, exactly. We, um, we need to, we need to get you. guys have a live chat, which is kind of fun. Yeah, we do. We yeah, need to get too. you come come on. Come on sometime. Waiting for the invite anytime. All right. Well, now now that you're back in our our time zone, you don't have to do it at like two a.m. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone someone was going to be doing it at an awkward time. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have to get you involved. All right. All right. Cool, dude. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You're you're on the return podcast. So thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Right. All right.